All right, hello everyone, and welcome back to Strictly Hoop Talk. As always, I'm your host Chris Platty, and returning to the podcast is my good friend Tim, aka Cranchus McBasketball. Tim, how you doing, sir? I'm optimistic, a little uneasy. Uh, this Anthony Anthony Davis thing, man, has has everybody going nuts. It people aren't answering each other's phone calls. Uh, it's it's wild. No, nobody wants the Lakers to be good. When they are, when they don't get their guys, you know, the 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 big market teams don't matter. But when we do get our guys, it's the big market teams are taking over. So, it, it's I'm just waiting for like the 3 a.m. Woj bomb. Yeah, on my toes all yeah. day long. It's hard to get work done. As as a Detroit Pistons fan, I love how you play the poor me sympathy card for the big market. Really <laughs> appreciate it. But no, man. Uh, it's been it's been a crazy couple of days. Like I legitimately forgot that we're what now three days away from the Super Bowl, like four days away from the Super Bowl. I've completely forgotten. <laughs> it's it's like the NBA has taken over this week. It is it is absolutely amazing. So um, we are going to touch on AD, but first let's start with the major blockbuster trade that happened. You know before. We were going to record this last night, and thank God we didn't, because now we got we got another layer to talk about, and that is mm. Kristaps Porzingis has been traded to the Dallas Mavericks, and it all happened so fast. I remember reading the report. I was watching I was watching Netflix, and I remember reading the report and, that he was that that he was looking or he was being shopped, and then not even like a half an hour later, I get the final report that he that he is uh, being traded to Dallas. And the trade has involved uh, Dennis Smith Jr., DeAndre Jordan, Wesley Matthews, and and a first round pick that is that is protected or two first round picks. Uh, the first unprotected pick that can convey because Dallas does have a a, a pick traded from uh, Dallas does have a pick that they owe Atlanta because of the Luka Doncic trade, and then and then another uh, and then another future first that's protected one top 10 but the but the first pick that's being that's being conveyed is unprotected and Dallas in return receives Kristaps Porzingis uh Courtney Lee and Tim Hardaway Jr. so Tim I mean this kind of to me came out, totally out of the blue what was your initial reaction as as this is happening so I was at the bank <laughs> making a wire transfer like some sort of James Bond villain and <laughs> I actually had my phone handed to the banker because he was reading some directions um, for the wire transfer, and my phone just starts going nuts. And, and I was like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Um, and I finally get it back, and I see it, and I'm like, holy crap, what is going like? And, and you know, going through Twitter, you'll just see most of it is reactions. So I need right. to go find my like a, a list that I have created to that's just like the newsbreaker. So it's the Woj, the the Shams, those guys. Yeah. Um, and, and figure out what actually happened. Saw it. <laughs> it uh I mean, I'm I I don't know if I mean the listeners probably don't know this. Yeah, I think you may have just learned this. I I live in the Dallas area and I have partial season tickets. So seeing Porzingis coming over to the Mavs was I was really excited. That's gonna make my tickets a lot more fun. Um and then just thinking through it and the implications it has on my favorite team, the Lakers and Anthony Davis and that trade. Um, I have Nick's friends who were texting me upset, uh, all kinds of different things going on. But my initial reaction was, this is going to be a lot of fun. The next little bit until Porzingis is back will be 
not as smooth as things have been and, and things haven't been that smooth to already. Um, but I like it for the Mavs, the Knicks, I am not as big of a fan with it. And it, it was interesting to like, look back and see the timeline of like Porzingis isn't happy. He wants to be traded. And then it just seemed to be immediate that they actually got a trade done. But I would assume yeah. they've been looking at something like this for quite a while. I, I can't imagine they got this done in just a couple hours based on uh, like the reporting was as it was, but I'm sure this has been going on for at least a couple days, if not weeks. Yeah, yeah, I I agree, and um, you know, it's funny, it's it's funny because as I was thinking about this whole Christos Porzingis drama as it was kind of unfolding with his unhappiness with New York and distrust in New York, I thought back to when Phil Jackson was running the team, and Kristaps, there was there was that tension there. There was that one summer where they were thinking about trading him then. Or, or well, Phil Jackson wanted to trade him, but the but the franchise itself did not. And so, Kristaps, it seems like these this last you know kind of year and a half has been has been very um, very turbulent. And you know, one of the things that surprised me about this deal was just how New York and from a hip hop and a basketball standpoint, which is how I view New York, because I've never been there. I'm going there for the first time in March. I'm totally excited. Oh, nice. But um, you know, New Yorkers talk that shit, man, and they're and they're always like, "Oh, the Knicks got gonna get it figured out," and like, or like, "Oh, you know, New York, that's the that's where the heart of rap is and all that." And so New York, New York definitely has a chip on their shoulder. But you're right, man. There's so many people I saw on Twitter. I was shocked at how many people just did not like this trade for New York and was like, here we go again. New York's going to whiff and blah, blah, blah. It was, it was really kind of strange to me that, that normally such an optimistic fan base, um, you know, this was a fan base that when they had Mel thought they were winning the championship every year and they were struggling to get just to get into the playoffs. And so, you know, it was, it was surprising for me to see them turn, but look, this was a, this was a move that, um, was very very just out of the blue and like you said has total implications because new york with this trade they got off tim hardaway jr and courtney lee tim hardaway jr is a a very serviceable player courtney lee is to an extent but um but again not to the extent of, of tim hardaway jr what this does is this allows new york to have two max cap slots this off season so that they can pursue one star and my initial thought was, this is a ballsy move because Kristaps is your is your best young prospect you've had in a, in two decades, maybe three decades, and yet here you are trading him and, and trying to sell two max slots, and so that that's a very ballsy move. You have to have total confidence. So I have a I have a feeling that there is that there is supreme confidence that New York is 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 going to get some type of star one or two stars because you just you just don't give away your only foundational piece for um or one of your only foundational pieces for uh for cap space yeah and when you're thinking about team building i ideally with every player you have like that's an asset from the moment you draft them and, and the draft can be very random over years and it's difficult to get the good return on your picks but once you do you want to be appreciating those assets Mm -hmm. and and i don't mean like oh man i appreciate you i mean like (laughs) developing them them being more valuable so for whatever you're paying each of these players you want them to be more valuable than that and then 
when it comes around to moving them, you want to be getting similar value back. So you're always kind of taking steps up. It may not always be a steep slope of climbing to the top, but you want to be making steady progress with each free agent signing. You want to be signing good deals. You want to be drafting players and them work out well, not be busts. And then when you do have these these good players like Porzingis, having situations like this where there's just turmoil within the organization and that leads to this is a 23 year old star and he's being turned into cap space and Dennis Smith jr. And like, I think there's some hope for Dennis Smith jr. But cap space and Dennis Smith jr. Is not what I would like. If if that was the proposal, if you were to go to a Knicks fan last year or earlier this year and tell them that they would laugh at you. Yeah. Um, So I completely understand. And, and am one of those people that doesn't really like this, the only reason I think this makes any sense is like you said, they have supreme confidence. Maybe they know something we don't know. And perhaps that's us giving them the benefit of the doubt when the, there hasn't been much going on in New York over the, the past decade to tell us, hey, this organization really knows what's going on and we should trust them. Um, but you would hope that maybe they think for sure somebody's coming over. Um, but even then, you would assume that player would want to play with Porzingis. Porzingis would want to play with them. If this is really just about allowing Porzingis to come back and play versus sitting him for the rest of the season. And that's the reason you're just throwing this excellent asset away. That is just not worth it to me. And I would be very happy to, once he's healthy, have him come back and play and you can find other ways to make your team bad and lose games and, (laughs) and get a good draft slot. And actually this is really the first year where the order going into the lottery doesn't matter nearly as much as it did a couple seasons ago or even last season. So if if you end up with the top odds or third odds or fourth odds, it doesn't mean as much. So sacrificing Porzingis in order to improve that just doesn't add up to me. And sacrificing him for the chance to get a couple stars when you already have one um, – on your or in your organization on your roster that doesn't make as much sense to me because right now if you're a star looking at new york good city big market what's there yeah what what are you going to um they were able to shed i guess some of those not as ideal contracts but if if you're a player going to new york you're you're blazing the trail and hoping people come with you so new york needs a lot of dominoes to fall the right way for us to look back at this and think it's a great deal and and I'm never a huge proponent of evaluating trades the day they happen because I don't know young yeah. players develop certain ways and, and stuff like that but in this instance it's it's for cap space and I think we can evaluate the process as it is and say that this is a very risky move they're they're swinging for the fences hoping these the draft pick they have hits and they can get Zion and then go sign Kyrie and, and Kevin Durant or something like that. But if if that situation doesn't take place, this is just going to look like a blunder for them. All right, I'm going to do my Bill Simmons teaser sponsorship segue real quickly. Coming up, I'm going to tell you my theory on why Kevin Durant is following LeBron's footsteps once again. Yeah, and that's and that's the thing that's really interesting. You know, you bringing up the point about trusting the Knicks, and it's very weird as somebody who obviously, for many obvious reasons, does not trust New York for the last decade and a half. They haven't they haven't done anything to make you think that they that they're going to be capable of pulling off some big heist for for star talent. 
and you know the last time they had cap space it was Joaquim Noah and Derrick Rose you know and it was and and look at how that turned out but you know it's it's weird that I got that like immediately in my head when I when I realized that they they had the two max salary slots it it to me it feels like it really does feel like now Kevin Durant's going there and I'm not one to make hot takes or anything but it's just a gut feeling I have right now because because Kevin Durant you know he Le- LeBron went to my left Cleveland went to Miami Kevin Durant went to Golden State and he said oh you know like he kind of used like LeBron is like you know that was what allowed me to do this and you know I could see him doing the LeBron of okay let me go to a marquee franchise and let me get a star that co- to come with me and build my own thing there because I think that's the last thing Kevin Durant wa- uh, wants to do to complete his legacy in his mind is to is to build his own team rather than become a part of a championship team like he did in Golden State. And so if if he does leave like this this seems like this seems like the option and I don't know. Am, am I crazy? Am I going to like psychoanalysis with it like but I I just see I just see Kevin Durant wanting to do the same thing LeBron just did with LA. I think that mindset is what I would be thinking right now if I were a Knicks fan and in the Knicks fans I do know that I've been texting are thinking that way and it's more out of hope than anything because if that's not the answer and they don't know or they don't have a really good feeling that he's coming over then this just is not a good move yeah um so that's really the only way you can justify it and it's something that we can't really Unless Katie comes out and says, like, hey, I haven't decided where I'm going, which, I mean, you can you can say he's lying. He's, uh, so there's not much that can happen up until Katie does make a decision in the offseason that would disprove that. So right. for a while, we can't really say yes or no, that's what's happening. Um, yeah. But I can certainly understand the storyline, and it's a much easier move to believe based on that history that you talked about and looking at the LeBron example um, in the history in the market that New York has. Yeah. And, you know, it'll be interesting, but um, the thing that's going to, that's going to be the linchpin at all is I don't think KD's going there alone. Um, I don't think he wants to even do what LeBron did. And that was part of the reason I had a problem with, with LeBron going to LA that I, that I didn't really want to believe it up until the last few moments because I just didn't think LeBron would be the type to go to a franchise and then have to wait a year for things to happen, you know, and I don't see Kevin Durant wanting to do that. But that being said, you know, he is in the situation where he can now get Kyrie, AD, and we'll talk about AD and and the Lakers because obviously New York, this positions them even even better to get uh, to get Anthony Davis, in my opinion. But first, let's take a quick break to hear from a sponsor. Now, before we get to AD, let's talk about the Mavs real quick and their side of the trade. Awesome, awesome deal for the Mavericks, right? Like, you get you get rid of a, a point guard who who had demanded a trade less than a month ago, and you got rid of two players who don't really who don't really mean much to a franchise, especially DeAndre Jordan, who is somebody who they had reports about him struggling to to kind of mesh with the team, and you know, and you turn that into into Kristaps Porzingis, a potential franchise cornerstone and a co-star for Luka Doncic, one who has a relationship with Luka and who has a relationship with Dirk or an admiration for Dirk, I'll say. Um, 
and the, and you also get uh, and you also get Tim Hardaway Jr. a basically an upgraded version of Wesley Matthews in in some ways. I mean, it's certainly offensively for sure, not not really defensively, but offensively, you get a good volume score. That's a little bit overpaid, but a good volume score that can help that can help play alongside Luca, and you get um and you get Courtney Lee, an asset who again, is, is, is a solid rotational player. Um, he's a player that Rick Carlisle could definitely find use for, and he's a player that can help you win games right now. And Dallas, you know, giving up their picks, they're certainly in a win-now mode. Um, they're, certainly, they're certainly not opposed to, they're not opposed to winning now. They, they have really no reason to tank at this moment. Um, and they didn't have, and they, they sacrificed cap space, but Dallas every time they've gotten cap space hasn't really ended up with what they wanted. So uh, to me, it was a, it was an absolute home run for, for Dallas. Um, the, the only thing is, again, we'll see how Chris Stops comes back from his injury. But I believe that if, if you're, if you're the Dallas front office, you don't make this trade unless you're, unless you're fairly confident in what Chris Stops is going to look like post ACL injury. Mm-hmm. And, and I think we, based on the history of ACL injuries, we can assume that, he'll come back and be relatively healthy. And he's yeah. so young that I, I wouldn't fear as much about that as, as if he were 30, 35. Right. Um, yeah. But I, I think you make some really good points. The Mavs, the players they are losing, they can afford to lose. And with the ones they're bringing back, it'll certainly be worth it overall with, with adding Porzingis. But even you know losing DeAndre Jordan, who, like you said, there, there may be some issues there not as great of a mesh but he's still good at quite a few things i mean he's still an elite rebounder he's still a very good interior defender he uh grades out uh my sites has a role gravity metric he grades out second best in the league so he can still do some things but the mavs have somebody to replace those minutes um well adding porzingis certainly helps but they've also got guys on their bench like dwight powell um who has a very comparable skill set he's right up there in terms of finishing he's right up there he's also on that top 10 list for role gravity he's an even better post player he's a better playmaker he's uh not as good of a rebounder but he's a much much better uh he's more agile on the perimeter as a defender and as an interior defender he's he's right about where jordan is so you're not dropping off much going from jordan to powell so i like that and then uh, losing with Wesley Matthews, he's a useful player. He's not a good defender at this point in his career, um, but he'll be a piece that I don't think the Knicks will really care much for. Uh, I'm, I'm assuming they'll buy him out, but he'll be someone that another team adds and will be useful uh, for the rest of the season. Yeah, I agree. Do you think, uh, quick question, do you think that DeAndre Jordan is also candidate to be bought out? Or Yeah, I'd assume so. I don't think the Knicks care to win any basketball games moving forward i also and don't Jordan's think gone after really this year, helps so. you win basketball games too much i mean i think he's certainly a useful player you right, you need right. to use him the right way right but but yeah that's what i'm saying is i feel like you know him alone in new york is it going to affect their bottom line of wins too much i would think probably not and you know, and he would be quite an interesting buyout candidate. I mean, that would be one of the most talented players to enter the buyout market in the last, and and since I can remember, really, mm-hmm. on, quite honestly. Um, and there's a lot of franchises that could use him on the buyout market. But let's talk about Anthony Davis. So, 
I didn't get a chance to talk about this on my podcast yet. I did a podcast for Sports Radio Detroit. Go check that out. It's a new show I started called the Platy NBA Minute, where I broke down 13 trade scenarios. And just for fun, I threw in the Pistons and what they could offer, <laughs> just because it's hometown, hometown bias. But, um, you know, just broke down all facets of the Anthony Davis trade uh, the, day, the day it happened. And, you know, so now I'm glad to finally talk about it on this podcast. And... You know, things have things have progressed. Um, the initial takeaway from people like Zach Lowe and a lot of people around the league was this is a move by Rich Paul and management to apply pressure to get him to L.A. Because Boston, as we all know by now, because of the Derrick Rose rule, can't, can't acquire Anthony Davis at the moment um, unless they trade Kyrie, which is not happening because Kyrie's a recruiting ship for Anthony Davis. So with that being said, um, you know, it, it's it, it basically leverages Boston out of it till the summer um, and, and not a lot of te- not a lot of other teams can put together New York also is a team where they have their most valuable asset is if they get the number one overall pick in a trade so this kind of leaves it to be the Lakers and a bunch of other teams who could outbid the Lakers but there's strong inclinations that Anthony Davis wants to go to LA um, no matter what, whether it's th- this year or next year in the free agency. So, Tim, kind of, you know, what are what are you kind of hearing? What are you what are you thinking about this about this Anthony Davis situation as it's unfolding? So, I, I think it's interesting to see the news that comes out and specifically to note who it's coming from um, yeah. and understand why it's coming out. The reporting that's happening isn't because you know, Woj is, has his ear to a wall and is listening on conversations. The, right. w- when there are two people in a room and we hear about that exchange, it's because one of those two people in the room or on the phone leaked it. Right. So understanding that um, much of what we'll be hearing is posturing and teams trying to increase their leverage as much as they possibly can is something that will be incredibly valuable to, to understand moving forward. Um, Based on what I've seen so far, it seems as though New Orleans isn't going to happily trade Anthony Davis to the Lakers. They're certainly trying to do what's best for them. Um, they're, you know, j- just losing uh, their hometown team, losing to an L.A. team. And football doesn't help. The ownership group yeah. of both teams is the same. So I can understand if they'd have some other motives going into this. Um We've seen Greg Popovich come out and say, hey, don't like don't cave to the Lakers. And we know that last year he did not. He absolutely did not want to trade Kawhi to the Lakers. So there's a you can sense some of the other teams saying, like, just don't do it. Don't do it. (laughs) Um, So it'll be interesting to see what happens when you talk about other teams in contention for him right now. I like who, who are the other than the Lakers? Who are the other top teams today not not boston during the offseason but who today would be able to outbid la and what would they offer because you can say what you want about you know lonzo ball brandon ingram kyle kuzma those guys are talented some of these laker players can play i think we've seen that in stretches over the past couple years lonzo ball before he got injured recently was playing very very good basketball and playing with an assertiveness and uh, a floor general type attitude um, that we just haven't seen from him. So these guys are continuing to take steps. Lonzo's already one of the top 
passing, defending, and rebounding guards in the NBA. He's his finishing at the rim went from atrocious last year to above average this year. So that's been a that was his biggest weakness. It wasn't his shooting last year. That was his biggest weakness was finishing at the rim, and now he can do it, and that's really helped his game. Um, he's never going to put up big. I mean, he could in the near future. He's not going to be putting up big uh, counting stats consistently because that's just not his game. He's going to help you win, and and I think some of the advanced metrics recognize that, and the teams recognize that. Fans are a little bit slower to catch on. Um, but but he's a valuable piece. And Kyle Kuzma is a good scorer. He's shot worse this year than he did last year from three. And his perimeter defense isn't great. But, man, he's a great one-on-one scorer. He's just an excellent secondary option. Great off the bench. He, he's, a, he's a real piece. Um, yeah. he's, he has some talent. He's much more – I tweeted this out earlier. My, uh, my site, The Basketball Index, we have these player grades that take – the best of the publicly available information and data we have for a lot of different talent areas and try to evaluate players based on things like perimeter shooting, one-on-one ability, role gravity, playmaking, you know, uh, offensive, defensive rebounding, post play, stuff like that. When you look at Kuzma versus Jason Tatum, Tatum's still better, but it's a lot closer than you might think. If, if Kuzma were shooting like he were last year, uh, this season, um, or if he suddenly starts to turn that back around and shoot like we saw him shoot for all of last season, that's a pretty close comp. Um, Jason Tatum is a very good player, but some of these Laker guys are talented as well. And it's unfortunate and frustrating for me as somebody who focuses um, and has consulted and uh, had a role at Division One level with scheme and diagramming plays, X's and O's, seeing a team like the Lakers be so, so bad at it and realizing that these players are better than you would think. Um, because they're just in such a poor situation schematically. They're using Brandon Ingram like he is Kevin Durant. Or like, he, actually, it's probably closer to Russell Westbrook the way they use him. They're, they're, they, they play Brandon Ingram, and they, they give him the volume and the types of possessions that you would expect a superstar point guard or shooting guard to get. And that is not the way we've seen any... If you look at any of the All-Stars that have been announced... And, and today they just announced the reserves, I guess, yesterday by the time this this goes up. None of those players went into the league and were immediately used the same way they are today with heavy ISO, heavy pick and roll, stuff like that. But we're seeing Brandon Ingram just being thrown out there and just completely misused. And I think that's hurt his perception. But he still definitely has some talent. So I would contest that the Lakers players just aren't good or they're too hyped up. I think in some instances they might be, but there is some real talent there. And I don't know if the Pelicans will realize that or accept that, but there's if the Lakers can't make the trade, they still have some talented players that they might be able to move elsewhere or, or try to build off of. And if they do make a trade, th- these guys, I would assume, will play much better under a different coaching staff, put in better situations to succeed to succeed because they are good basketball players right now. And they're all really, really young. Yeah. I'm all the way in on Lonzo. I love the way he plays. Um, Like you said, I've noticed just big, big strides. I mean, it seems almost like month to month, right? We're seeing huge strides in him uh, specifically. And, you know, I, I agree. Like the Lakers in general, I'm, I'm high on all three prospects. I like them. Um, I think they're I think they're good high level contributing basketball players or have the potential to be high level contributors to NBA teams. Um, but to me, the the only thing like the only thing is that 
you know, the Lakers can be outbidded right now, I think. And to me, there's really only one package that does it. And that is that is if Philly just decides to go all in and do the Ben Simmons thing, which they have shown absolutely no desire to at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, but that, to me, is really the one card that can trump what L.A. has. So if I'm ranking packages or potential packages, I'm going, you know, one, Philly, if they decide to do that, uh, two, um, two, I, I'd go with, or well, assuming the offseason as well, I'd put Boston one, Philly two, LA, LA three right there. But you're right, LA's offering a good package. Um, you know, it, it, I mean, to get three high level dra- draft picks, high level prospects, I should say, because uh, Christos, or sorry, because uh, Kuzma wasn't a high level draft pick, but he certainly turned out to be a high level player. Um, it's it's a great it's a great offer, um, especially if you throw in some picks, which LA has done, um, and and you know it was funny because going back to the whole idea of of sides leaking things intentionally, that's a hundred percent that's a hundred percent how I'm looking at this because you know at first when Del Demp, when there was a report that came out that Del Demp, Demps wasn't answering calls, I was thinking oh okay that's like. That's like maybe Denver's trying to get in on the Anthony Davis sweepstakes, and they're just not in. New Orleans just isn't picking up, but you know now now we hear that now we hear that it's L.A. that uh, isn't returning the calls, and so you know so you got to imagine that that's being leaked from L.A.'s side of frustration that they're trying to get a deal done for Anthony Davis now while they have this window, and uh, New Orleans is sitting because you know they're. They're presumably, as of right now, they're sitting because they're they're waiting for Boston's package to come in the summer in hopes that that will raise raise other uh, prices. But the thing with LA is that LA really can't offer too much of a different package now than they can in the off season. Like what they're offering now, or the variety of um, of packages they're offering now, because there's reportedly five packages they're offering five different ones. Um, the the packages now are going to be very similar to the off season. So if you're New Orleans, you know it, it it's gonna it would be tough to hold on to Anthony Davis for a half a season and just have this looming, this huge looming dark cloud over you. But at the end of the day, I mean, it, if if we're being honest here, I mean, if if you if you know there's a better package out there, then you know, then you have to, you have to wait. The only thing that's, the only thing that's, uh, that could trump that is if Anthony Davis really, uh, comes up with the aggressiveness and turns it up and says he's only going to LA. And, you know, that's what the reports are saying now, but it hasn't really been, it hasn't really, we haven't had that one big major report from Woj that says Anthony Davis is only signing with LA. Right. And that's the last kind of power move Anthony Davis and his agent have. Yep. Yeah. And, and the thing about this is it's not like he's a free agent at the end of the season. Yeah. If he said, if he does say, Hey, I only want to sign with, I only want to resign with the Lakers. Other teams trading for him have the rest of this season and all of next season to try to change his mind. Uh, and I think that is what differentiates this a bit from, I think when Paul George was ended up being traded, it was right before he was a free agent, right? It was the trade deadline right before he was he was available for everyone. No, no, no. He was traded the off season. He was traded one year, one whole year. Oh, okay. All right. Well, yeah. oh, and that and that was plenty of time. I, and this is even more time. This is a 1. year and 1. a half, 5 yeah. times. Yeah. 
So I, I don't think it's a foregone conclusion that he will go to the Lakers. If I'm the Lakers, I, I mean, I'll take him if he is going to come, but you, you would prefer to get him now based on how old LeBron is, what his level of play is today, and what his level of play might be a year and a half from now. That's what I would be worried about um, because how old is LeBron right now? LeBron he's is 34. 34. Yeah. yeah. So if he's like 36, uh, his birthday's in December. So he just turned 34. Yeah. yeah. So if he's almost 36 by the time you get AD, I would hope, I mean, as a Laker fan, I'm certainly hoping he'll still be at a level close to, if not at what he is today. Um, but when you're looking at his window to be the best player in the world, it's closing and, and you would prefer to try to pounce on that as soon as possible if you're the Lakers. What I would say uh, when, when you mentioned that the Lakers trade package now isn't really going to differ from what it would be at the end of the season, I think that's spot on. The only real change you would have isn't with the names, but maybe some of the performance. If, if Kyle Kuzma starts right. shooting like he shot last year, that changes him. Um, because if you look at the rest of his game, it's taken such a step up from last year that he's been a very good player while not shooting well at all from the perimeter. Um, and there are only a handful of guys who have shot the volume of threes he's shot as poorly as he shot them in a season. Um, so that if he can improve that, that changes him. If the Lakers were to fire Jesse Mermes, who's been their offensive coordinator, and hire a real offensive coordinator that runs an NBA offense – that could change the way some of these guys are perceived. If Lonzo comes back and for the rest of the season plays like he did for the past two weeks before he got injured, that probably changes the perception around him and his value. So you're not buying low on the Laker prospects right now, but based on how they've been injured or how they've been deployed in the scheme that they're in, it should be acknowledged, and, and I'm not sure it is as much as it should be, that there's more that you can get out of these guys than the Lakers are. And there aren't as many people who <laughs> spend a lot of time looking at scheme like I do. Uh, and, and I un completely understand why, but that is part of this puzzle and they're not being optimized. We have optimization ratings actually at, at my website and the Lakers, the Luke Walton's staff has underutilized the offensive talent on the rosters that they've had over the past two and a half seasons more than any other active coaching staff who's coached at least a full year. So literally anywhere else these guys can go, you should be able to assume they'll be used better. And wow. that is so sad and frustrating as a Laker fan. Um, but but that gives me hope that there's there's more to these guys than you would think. And when we look at their player talent grades on on the basketball index, those try to neutralize those that scheme and, and those types of situations to really give you a sense of how good is, is this player at these things in a neutral environment. And when we look at that, those guys are pretty talented. So it, that lines right up with the poor optimization and what we're seeing with the scheme on film. So it all aligns. And I can say that if these guys go to New Orleans, <laughs> I'm really, really scared. I'm going to have nightmares about them playing very, very well and making me very, very sad um, because they'll be used better. Yeah. And that's the and that's the other thing too. That's kind of that's kind of crazy to think about what specifically those three prospects. Um, of course, Zubac has gained a lot of love uh, recently for his for it's been his good. well play. He's been really but, good. Um, 
but but with those three prospects in particular the crazy thing is like those three in a vacuum like they fit together pretty well right like it's actually not a bad core oh yeah absolutely if i mean it's not a like those three guys you don't want them being your three best players in 2019 they're all like right in their early 20s in, in terms of age and experience but all three of them have at least like they've shown the potential where you can say all right there is an okay chance that each of these three guys at some point is an all-star they've shown they can do that and they've been so grossly misused that if some if something ch- happens in terms of the coaching staff that changes and they get used a little bit better they really might start clicking and this Laker team won't look nearly as pathetic as they've looked without LeBron over the past couple weeks. Yeah, that that's true. LeBron comes back tonight as we're recording this against the Clippers. Um, gut, gut reaction. Cause I want to, I want to let you get off before, before the Lakers game starts. Uh, is, is there a gut reaction? Is there, is there, what's the percentage that Anthony Davis ends up in LA before, before uh, the trade deadline, I'll say thirty percent. I don't think that I don't think the Pelicans want to do it, and I think they realize that they can wait and get a better offer later on, or they think they can. We'll see. But Boston has told them to wait. We'll see. Yeah, I'm gonna say yeah. I, I'd say between thirty and forty percent is my guess. Yeah, and I, and I agree with that because it was interesting when it first that first day it broke within those first couple hours. I'm, I I mean, if you asked me my percentage, I would have said sixty that he was going to L.A. I really felt like um, you know this was this was just a total power move to get him to L.A. to save both him and LeBron's season, um, as well as set the Pelicans up to make uh, to kind of go in their rebuild and start it earlier rather than rather than later. Mm-hmm. Um, the sooner the better, but. And you, and you know, know what would bump it up, days. too? It, what would bump that percentage up for me is if <laughs> LeVar Ball wasn't on the phone telling people and leaking that Lonzo does not want to play for New Orleans. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the guy – of all the teams in, in over the past couple of years, it seemed like teams don't value Lonzo as much. And that's been great for me because I don't want him to be traded. If I could keep any of those three players, I would want to keep Lonzo. 100%, me too. And, and he fits so well with – like you can add AD, you can add LeBron, you, any superstars you can put him in that lineup, and he's he gives you just as much as he gives you today, and that's great. Yeah. If not more, because he'd be set up even better for his playmaking to to be impactful. But for the one piece that the the Pelicans have seemed to, and I, I don't know how well this was sourced or reported, but they seem to really be interested in Lonzo and would want him starting as their point guard. And I think Alonzo Drew Holiday backcourt would be a ton of fun. And oh, probably yeah. the best defensive backcourt in the NBA. For yeah. sure, for sure the best defensive backcourt in the NBA. That'd be two of the top three perimeter defenders in our perimeter defense uh, metric. It would be incredible. I would love to see it. Um, yeah. I don't want to see it because I'm a Laker fan, but I would love to see what that would look like. And for him to come out or his his camp to leak that they don't want him to be there and they'd prefer to be somewhere else without a real point guard. Um, and I guess they're referring to Drew Holiday, not... Who is it? Alfred Payton, who's really the point guard there? Because Holly's been playing shooting guard, but he can't be a point guard. Anyway, for him to say that, that if I'm the Pelicans, that would give me some pause and give you even more reason to not make a knee-jerk reaction and and make a trade right now, especially if you think you can get a better one later this year. 
All right, I guess we'll have to wait and see. Um, the NBA, though, one thing is for sure, the NBA never has a dull moment in in its entirety in its season. So with trade deadline heating up, um, Tim, there's a about a probably a 30% chance that I'll have you back on in the next week. And, <laughs> there, and there's a 100% chance you'll be back on at some point this season. Thank you, Tim. Once again, that is Tim of the basketball site basketball index go check that out it is awesome it has a bunch of great content as uh, as far as even just from writing to just again their stat and their grading metrics um very very well crystallized players and make it very clear to see where they're valuable and give you a lot of breakdowns that you just you just don't get at traditional stat county sites so definitely go check that out um is there anything else you you need to plug yeah, I mean, I'll plug the site a little bit more. So we have writers for, I think at this point, I think it's like 25, 26 of the 30 teams. Um, and we'll be adding to the staff soon. We are, as of, I think, like two minutes before I hopped onto this, I released our data and tools package. Um, so we have a lot of data on the site. It's all free. There's free written content. All that's free. We have an additional uh, package of, right now there are 12, and we'll we'll be adding more as the season goes on, different uh, interactive spreadsheets with uh, databases and tools that will allow fans, analysts, writers to go in, slice and dice all the data, see what they want to see for NBA, WNBA, college basketball, G League. Um, The player grades you'll see, we'll tweet out these different graphics that show you know, Brandon Ingram versus all players or versus wings with a certain minutes limit or versus ball stoppers or all kinds of different ways to, to slice the data. You'll have access to that. Um, you'll have access to POE data, that database, um, player impact plus minus, all kinds of different things. So check that out. It, it'll be five bucks a month. Even if you don't get that, you can still get a lot of free data on the site. Um, you can see our player grades from 2013 all the way up to last season. Um, you won't be able to see this year's stuff. That'll be part of the premium package, but all of that's available. So check that out. Uh, you can also go to the site for some of the premium gambling content we have. We have a uh, WNBA model, which isn't live right now, but was in the 60% uh, against the spread during the most recent season. We have a college model that's, uh, I think, 58% against the spread right now. Uh, NBA model that is uh, also 55 last time I checked percent against the spread um i think 62 percent on over unders uh so so those are going well you can get access to college or pro uh over under against the spread picks um all that's on the site uh basketball index you can google me Cranjus mcbasketball and it'll it'll pop up um or it's on twitter at uh the underscore basketball or the underscore b-ball underscore index you can find it so give that a look if not to pay for the gambling stuff or the the data package to just check out the free written content um, and and some of the free data. Yeah, man. And once again, it's it's an awesome site, and I use it personally all the time. So thank you, Tim, for all that that you do, man. And uh, go watch this Lakers game, and uh, we'll be talking soon. Sounds good, Chris. Happy to come on anytime you want. Go Lakers. All right. (laughs)